Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Tepork, and we have a great episode for you today. We're about 12 hours into free agency. So far, not much madness, except for the trade market getting upended once again. So we're going to talk about the Paul George trade, the Ricky Rubio trade, the Jeff Teague signing in Minnesota, and then some of the best and worst signings of the first 12 hours of free agency. Before we get underway, just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find all three of our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. As you suspect, we will have a lot on free agency in the coming weeks, summer leagues getting underway. I'm doing some fantasy basketball reaction to all the big moves. So check out FanRag Sports at FanRag Sports on Twitter. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Joining me today are both of my co-hosts, Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. How's it going, you two? (laughs) It's good. Really, really good. It's good to be back. Yes, we missed you, Sarah. Glad to have the Dream Team back. (laughs) Back in action as free agency gets underway. James Holas is crying. (laughs) Yeah. His attempts to take over your spot full time have been thwarted. He's uh he's a little too sad for the Celtics. Once again, almost traded for a superstar, <laughs> but did not. <laughs> so let's start with that. Paul George uh, at about nine forty Friday night. We're all just refreshing Twitter, waiting for free agency to start, catching up on the latest rumors, and boom, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN says Paul George is traded to OKC. And at first, you're like, oh, that's cool. What did they give up? And then you see they only gave up Victor Oladipo and Domantas Sabonis. So, Mort, mm-hmm. what the hell was Indiana doing accepting that little of a return for Paul George? They pulled a polls. I am not sure why <laughs> people pull a poll. I, it, it seems weird. Like, theoretically, if you were a GM and you just had a little bit of assets and you had a go-to attitude... You could have wind up wound up with Jimmy Butler and Paul George this summer. I have no idea what Indiana was thinking. Like I've heard some rumors afterwards, or I have read some rumors. I don't have those kind of connections. Um, that you know Indiana was pretty scared that he would go to an Eastern Conference team, which is ridiculous because when you trade George, you're going into a rebuild anyway. So why do you care? Right. <laughs> it makes right. literally no sense. So uh, maybe they panicked. I'm not sure. Uh, I kind of feel bad for Victor Oladipo. Like, he's become the throwing guy now. Yeah, well, he's on a pretty terrible contract. So, welcome yeah. to life when you get overpaid in the NBA. <laughs> um, Sarah, you're a Spurs fan. In the last week, the mm-hmm. Rockets and Thunder have both acquired top 15 players in the league. And the Timberwolves, you know, last week got Jimmy Butler, too. So... How do you feel about being in the Western Conference right now? Oh man, it's it's something, isn't it? It's like a Shark Tank. But 
I'm more excited for you. I mean, the East is is going to be... <laughs> man, Gosh. the Sixers might really be the two seed next year. So congratulations <laughs> on that, man. I'm not going that far. But yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they are definitely a playoff contender, and that's not a credit to them. <laughs> um, where do you see the Spurs stacking up? We, you know, Obviously, we don't know what else is going to happen. And we don't, we're waiting on Gordon Hayward, so the Jazz are up in the air especially. Uh, Blake Griffin did resign with the Clippers, so we know you know they're not at least going completely into the tank. But again, you've got Golden State clearly at the top, but then you have the Rockets, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, possibly the Jazz. So, are you still do you still think the Spurs are the number two seed, or are they going to have some competition from Rockets, Timberwolves, Thunder? They'll definitely have some some competition. Uh, I think the Rockets will be right there again. Um. But but for right now, yeah, I'm gonna leave them as the two seed until somebody else proves otherwise. Um, it's just weird, like you said, we're kind of in a wait and see right now. Um, I didn't think Patty was coming back. I thought Patty mm-hmm. was gone for sure. So that's interesting. I just kind of thought they were gonna bring somebody else in, um, and I I didn't even get the chance to tell you that I was actually went from not only warming to but actually almost rooting for Patty to the Sixers. Really. Um, yeah, I, I was on board because I just thought it's kind of like trading George back to Indiana. You know, I thought it was mm-hmm. a great situation. If he couldn't be here, then that I'd want him to be with Brett, who's not only a former Spurs guy, but mm. coached Patty in the 2012 Olympics. So and it's a young, talented, up and coming team. So I thought that'd be really good. But glad to have him back, obviously. Um, yeah. Now we got to see about Jonathan Powell. Apparently we got a meeting with Iggy. So that's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it's all going to go. I'd love to steal him from the Warriors just so the Warriors don't have him. And right. then, of course, he brings great, great things. Um, I wonder, though, what that means for Manu's future. I don't know, oh. Brian. There's too much going on right now. <laughs> I'm going to not let Morton troll you I'm, about I'm that not right now. I'm going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to be nice. We, are, we have Sarah back for the first time in a while. I'm not going to ruin yeah. it by reminding her that Manu is going to retire in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just going to fire off like eight more tweets, too, as soon as we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Uh, so, Morton, you were alluding to this, you, you know, when you said any general manager with – considerable assets probably could have had Jimmy Butler and Paul George this right. summer. So let's talk about Boston. Yeah. Because it seems, you know, that was a pretty <laughs> not so veiled shot at the one, the only Danny Ainge. Uh, after the Paul George news broke within hours, multiple reporters with Boston ties, including, you know, guys for the Boston Globe, Boston Herald and Jeff Goodman of ESPN started leaking all of these trade offers that Boston made. So at the trade deadline, reportedly, they included the number, the Brooklyn Nets 2017 pick, which obviously became the number one pick, along with three first-round picks. At the NBA draft, they reportedly included three draft, three first-round picks, Jay Crowder, and another starter for Paul George. Indiana reportedly said no. Do you buy those offers actually happened, or do you think this is Ainge trying to spin his way out of you know, not getting Paul George for <laughs> peanuts. B. Because, you know, <laughs> look, uh, if you if you have that offer, if you're Indiana, compared to what you took there last night, I mean, y- you obviously take the first one. Like, okay, so Danny Ainge could theoretically be playing hardball. He could have offered that initially, and then when Indiana came calling, he would just be like, you know, nope, offers off the table. But <laughs> if he did that, that would be faulty as well. Like, that would be completely effing stupid. So, no, I don't buy that that offer was on the table at all. Um, he, he's had every chance this summer to pick up both Jimmy and Paul. Like, the assets are right there. And I'm seeing Celtics fans, you know, go to the Danny Ainge defense all throughout Twitter. And that's fine. Like, I, I kind of appreciate a fan base who have uh, a, a lot of loyalty to their GM. As, as a former Bulls fan, I'm not sure what that feels like, so that's, <laughs> that's at least positive. But right. um, regardless of how you, you twist it, it's just a bad look. If you could, you could yeah. have gotten two superstars. And let's just be honest here. Given how the, the East is shaping up right now, it's so bad. 
if you have Boston <laughs> getting Jimmy Butler and Paul George, I mean, I'm not putting a cap on how far they can go. They're a finals team as far as I'm concerned. And if that's just one injury away from actually being the champs. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, you know, it also came out and it's been reported for at least the last couple of days, if not weeks, that they were hoping to sign Gordon Hayward and then trade for Paul George. The same logic probably could have applied for Jimmy Butler. Mm. Obviously, Indiana, <laughs> that's, what, that's what baffles me about this trade. Like, Indiana, why two hours before free agency starts, why do you make the deal then? Right. Because, like, that OKC offer is not leaving the table, right? Like, OKC is going to be like, yeah, you want Victor Oladipo's contract? Take it whatever you want. That's great. But, like, if Boston does sign Gordon Hayward and pitches him saying, like, look, you can come here and then we can get Paul George, then Boston has to give up a lot to get Paul George, right? So, like, at Indiana, just waited a week, you would think once we see how some of these big free agent dominoes start to fall, desperation would take over and a team might give up more than... Victor Oladipo and Sabonis, but then again, maybe Indiana is just really high on those guys, and they said, like, look, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you we've been offered, like, we think these two guys are better than three first round picks, Jay Crowder and another unnamed starter, Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley. Pusher. Right, I know. So maybe they were going the hometown angle, but it just seems like. Kevin Pritchard really jumped the gun here, I guess. And, you know, we don't we don't know. We don't know what he was actually offered. You know, all these Boston reports, more. I'm with you. There's no way. Maybe they turned down the thing at the deadline because they were just they wanted to call Paul George's bluff. And they were like, you're not actually going to leave. Uh, but there's no way by the NBA draft they're turning down three first round picks, Jay Crowder and another starter for Paul George. There's just absolutely no way. And, you know, maybe. My guess would be at that trade deadline, like, we don't know if they offered those picks unprotected, right? Like, he could have offered that Nets pick and said, like, yeah, you can have it, but it's top 10 protected. Mm-hmm. So That was the problem all... when, he was argue- when he was debating the, with the Bulls, or negotiating, I should say, with the Bulls. Right, like, right. The Bulls wanted the, the pick unprotected. Supposedly, Ainge did not. And he, mm-hmm. I, I even believe, I read somewhere, I'm not sure about the credibility of this, but that he even wanted a top three protected. Which yeah. is like that's a no starter. Like right, that defeats the purpose. Because exactly. at that point, you knew the Nets were very bad. Were very likely to have the worst record in the league, so they had like a sixty-five percent chance of ending up in the top. So why are you going to you know why are you going to gamble on a thirty-five percent chance of getting the number four pick? Like yeah, it's just not worth it. Um, yeah, it, it's Jonathan Sharks of the Ringer had a good column today about how. Like, Danny Ainge has all these assets, but the perfect trade might not come. And, like, those picks are, you know, they they sound great on paper. That Nets pick in 2018, the Lakers and Kings, the one they got from the Sixers for the Fultz trade. But, like, those picks might not be as valuable a year or two from now that they are right now, right? Like, the Nets could be better than we expect them to be. Or even if they're not... The East is going to suck, as Sarah mentioned. Like, Indiana is going to be really bad now. Chicago is going to be really bad now. The Knicks are probably going to be pretty bad. Uh, Orlando reportedly offering Joe Inglis $15 million a year on a four-year offer sheet. They're going to be terrible because they're just Orlando. They're always a 31 team. So, like, they're even if the Nets are just mediocre, like, they might be the fifth or sixth worst team in the NBA rather than the first worst. You know, if Jeremy Lin didn't get hurt last year, they were much better than their record indicated. So that Nets pick, you know, people are always saying like, yeah, they're going to end up in the top five. Like they might not. It's not a guarantee that they're going to. And And the Lakers and Kings, same way. And in regards to the Nets, because they don't have their pick, they have no incentive to lose. So they are going to go all out in free agency to get players in who can make them winners or as much, you know, as much winners as they, as they can become, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to be competitive. They're trying to install a winning culture. This is mm-hmm. almost like, you know, the perfect storm for them in, in, in a positive spin. Because after making that god-awful deal with Boston where they just sacrificed their entire future, they mm-hmm. also lost any kind of argument for tanking, which is actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. 
So now they can insert this winning culture, they can keep building on it, and they can go to their players and say, well, last year we won X amount of games. Let's beat that this year. Let's get higher. Because mm-hmm. they have nothing to gain otherwise. I, th- I think they're going to be players uh, in free agency here. I wouldn't be surprised, like, tonight or tomorrow we hear something big. And yeah, as you I'm- alluded to, it's the East is weak as hell. I mean, theoretically, they could be the 10th seed. Right. Oh, I forgot to mention Atlanta, because when Paul Millsap walks, they're right. also going to be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that's why the Sixers are going to make the playoffs, because there are six teams on paper that are considerably worse than them already. <laughs> they uh, lost three former or current All-Stars to the Wests over the past couple weeks. Jimmy Butler, crazy. Paul George, and Jeff Teague. Now, Millsap might join Minnesota. We'll talk about that eventually, because that is my... Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go apeshit crazy out of joy, because if, if that happens... <laughs> If he leaves as well, what's left? I would even go as far as saying the East is so weak that no player in the Eastern Conference, even including LeBron, should be an MVP candidate next year because it would just be too easy. You're just beating up on, yeah, (laughs) beating up on the JV team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sarah, let's try to spin this positively for Indiana fans. I know it's going to be tricky, but... Yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) What... Is, is there any chance Victor Oladipo turns out to be the prospect we hoped he was coming out of college? Uh, and then Sabonis, too. Like, is he a good fit next to Miles Turner? Do they, you know, why did they do this deal, basically? What what could appeal to them about these two prospects? That's a very good question, Brian. <laughs> um, I will say that I, I liked Oladipo coming out of college. Um, I kind of thought he'd be a good spur, honestly. So, yeah, I, mean, I think there's still a chance. He is still a young player. Uh, it's a little disappointing, the, the inconsisten- inconsistency in shooting, you know, so far, that he hasn't made more strides there. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you know, you get him. And I don't know what Indy's player development system is like, but <laughs> hopefully they can get him in there this summer and get him to, to be a little more consistent in that area. Um same thing with defense. Like I felt like he could be a good defender. Um, maybe that's that's still in there because you know he he really worked that end in in college. So Sabonis, I think, could be a good fit. We, you could maybe stretch the floor with him, hopefully, <laughs> theoretically, uh, outside of Miles Turner there. But I don't know. I mean, that's what's weird. Like like you guys said, I was hardly able to check my phone at all at work yesterday, but. I saw the report pop up about the picks being offered by the Celtics and same thing as you guys. I was like, yeah, that, that didn't happen, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but maybe it did. But, but on the other hand, it's like, maybe does Indiana not want draft picks? Maybe they didn't want any. Cause it's hard to imagine they couldn't get one. Yeah. Like, I know. Yeah. That's what's also stunning about this trade. I mean, OKC, yeah. actually, I guess, they, they've already traded away their 2018, because that was what was included in the Ricky Rubio deal, and their 2020 first-round pick. So the earliest they could trade was 2022. So maybe that's why. Like they couldn't get it from somebody else, or else right. they just really wanted all the depot, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, we have to acknowledge some teams are just more interested in dealing in different ways. Like when we had mm-hmm. Mark Deeks and Mark Karen on, Deeks raised a pretty good point that I agree with entirely. We were discussing the Jimmy Butler trade, and he's and he said flat out the Bulls are just not very interested in draft picks. It's not a big priority to them. Like, look at what they did with number 38. They just they just sold it, right? And that's not the first time that that has happened. Um, some teams are just not interested in building through different ways. Like, some teams are not interested in going the cap space route. Some are more mm-hmm. inclined to go trading route. So maybe we've just seen, you know, two teams... Indiana and Chicago uh, just not preferring draft picks and just going for some sort of established talent, I suppose, like Oladipo for Indiana and Zach Levine for Chicago. That's really the only reasoning that makes some sort of sense on on some level. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, let's hope for their sake. I mean, I, was, I wrote a column last night uh, about the Paul George trade for fantasy purposes, and I looked at Indiana's backcourt rotation right now. They have Monta Ellis. They have Lance Stevenson. They have 
that's about it. Glenn Robinson. Mm. It's like, it is a horror show. So I'm hoping for their sake, like they might install, I mean, there was talk before the draft that they were going to put Lance as their point guard. So maybe they, they install Oladipo as their nominal point guard and kind of split ball handling duties between him, Lance, Monta. Because, you know, he was arguably marginalized in OKC next to Westbrook, right? Like, he needs to, he's not a good enough shooter, Sarah, as you said, to play an off-ball role. He needs to have the ball in his hands a lot. So playing next to the highest usage rate player in the NBA probably wasn't a great fit. Uh, so maybe, you know, there's hope. As you said, Sarah, there's hope he could turn into, you know, he was the number two pick four years ago for a reason. Uh, so hopefully for Indiana's sake, he goes back to where he played in college, gets that that, that uh, love and feeling back again, and turns into an all-star, and we could not make fun of Kevin Pritchard for the rest of his NBA career about this, but it's a weird, weird trade. Um, let's move on to Ricky Rubio, the other big deal. Signing. Oh, who? Uh, Joe Chi, the uh, Chinese center. Has joined the oh, yeah. On nice. A, yeah, cool. Moach has reported a multi-year contract. So it says the final structure of the deal is still undergoing final touches. Um, but she will join the Rockets for the 2017-18 season. I like that. But Good I like that Moach threw in a little bit of shade here. It said she listed at 21 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's interesting. Yeah. But okay, so the Rockers got a little bit of size. He was yeah. uh, the defensive player of the year in the CBA last year. All right, that's good. I like it. Um, okay, yeah, so Ricky Rubio, other big trade yesterday, uh, right after we finished recording, naturally. Of course. So um, basically they traded him for, I think it's a lottery-protected OKC first-round pick to Utah. Uh, basically, Utah had $16 million in cap space that was expiring at midnight. They wanted to use that. They wanted insurance. You know, George Hill, they weren't sure was coming back. So they wanted to have a point guard in place for their Hayward, Joe Inglis pitches. Uh, so they got Rubio. And for Minnesota's sake, you know, we talked about it before, the, the concerns about shooting in a Rubio-Butler-Wiggins backcourt. Rubio was a trade, you know, a fixture in trade rumors ever since that draft day deal. So they clearly wanted, you know, they were willing to sell pretty low on him because uh, that OKC first round pick, especially after the Paul George trade, probably going to be, you know, a, a mid to late first rounder. Um, they just wanted the cap space. So more, you, you just talk about Minnesota for a second. Cause so they, t- they signed Jeff Teague to a three year, $57 million deal. Yeah. They still have a bunch of cap space. They're going after Paul Millsap. Mm. Did you like the Teague signing, first of all? I was I was not overly enthused, mm-hmm. but I don't hate it. What and what I really liked was the three years. Like they didn't yeah. lock themselves up for four. I liked that one. Mm-hmm. Um and also I think his value was actually pretty decent. It was under twenty million average uh per year. So mm-hmm. that's that's decent in this day and age, in this market. He can shoot, he can pass when he wants to mm-hmm. he's a shaky defender but when he really concentrates he can actually become quite decent and under tips he might actually be more consistent uh, so I, I had hoped for Patrick Beverly personally because that would gain them an explosive defender who can also hit the three which is really what they need they don't need all you know all the hoopla they don't need right. a guy who can go into the paint and do all these things because they have Jimmy, they have Andrew Wiggins, they have Cat. I mean, they have the players there, but uh, I, I don't suppose it's a problem. Now they have a security blanket at the point guard position, a guy who can create his own shot, create something for, for others. It's, a, like I said, a good deal. I don't mind it. I think they could have done better, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm as you said, getting him for under $20 million a year was, and for only three years, the third year is a player option, so... You know, feasibly, it's probably only going to be a two-year deal because yeah. at that point, he he may opt out and try to get one more big longer-term deal before he turns, you know, before he goes south. Uh, and at that point, the salary cap might is projected to be another nine million higher. Or so, so maybe teams will be more willing to spend. But yeah, I mean, 
He's a better shooter than Ricky Rubio. Rubio, I think he's a career 31.5% shooter from three. Teague's in like the 35-ish range. So Rubio's are like all wide open, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean, Teague, not as good of a passer, but you have Jimmy Butler now, so you, Mm. you don't necessarily need a guy to play on the ball all the time. Like, Teague is more able to play off the ball than Rubio was. So, yeah, I mean, fit-wise, I was when I saw the trade at first, it then immediately leaked that Teague was, like, the heavy, heavy favorite to sign there. You know, I was like, oh, that's... Uh-huh, I don't know if I like that. Like, why not go after George Hill? Or why not, you know, Kyle Lowry speculation started immediately. But for the price they got him, I mean, if George Hill was willing to take around there, I still think they could have... They should have gone the George Hill route first. But if not, like, if Hill was not willing to sign for under like 25 million a year, then yeah, you got good value for Teague. Um, Sarah, I'm going right back to you about the Western conference. Cause now, you know, even if Hayward leaves, you have Ricky Rubio in Utah, you got Rudy Gobert in Utah. We have lob city 2.0 coming to Salt Lake city. How do you like Rubio's fit with the jazz? I like it, even though it's kind of funny. He's he's almost as far on the other end of the spectrum as a point guard can be from George Hill. You know, they're right. they're very different, but I, I think he fits there well too. Um, kind of said they they kind of give up a little bit of their crazy length that they had, but uh, of course George isn't gone yet. But we're operating under the assumption that he's probably not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. Yeah, I like a guy who can who can distribute, get into the paint a little more. Unfortunately, yeah, not as good a shooter, but I think they'll be all right. It's just, you know, we have to wait and see how it shakes out if Hayward comes back or not as well. Uh, that'll all have an impact. But like you said, Gobert's going to get all he can eat, so that'll mm-hmm. be fun. Uh, maybe his, his scoring takes a punch this year. That'll be fun. Um yeah, I like Rubio's fit there. Teague, uh, same as y'all, I was I wasn't sure about that one. But you know, even though maybe would have liked the fit of maybe a Patty Mills or mm. Patrick Beverly, as Morton said, George mm. Hill, um, I think Teague can can do some of the same things. Like you said, better shooter obviously than than Ricky. Uh, it'll be fine for him to be off ball. And I remember I remember reading an article like years ago when he was still with Atlanta where he talked about kind of learning how to be a point guard more and mm. under Bud and, and passing the ball more. So I could see him settling into a nice role there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't need to be, you know, in Indiana he was their number two, number three option, I guess, depending on how you feel about Miles Turner. Uh, but now, you know, at best he's number four offensively, you know, Towns, Butler, Wiggins are all ahead of him. So that should relieve some scoring pressure from him, which will be nice. He can, as you said, he could focus more on being an actual point guard. And again, Jimmy Butler is a good enough playmaker where he's not going to have to do that all the time. It's it's going to be fun to see how Tibbs makes all of these new pieces fit together. He's going to be the, the fifth option. Oh, after they get Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so, man. That would be Minnesota would be a top four seed in the West if they get Paul Millsap yeah. as well. That would be really, I am so be really fun that idea. And I think. Also, that's partly why they got Teague, because you know that's Millsap is his former teammate in Atlanta. Oh, you're right. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah, they've got some stiff competition. It sounds like from Denver. I forget who reported. I want to say it was Frank Cazola of the New York Daily News did say he Millsap is definitely leaving Atlanta uh, or expected to, um, and Denver and Minnesota are perceived as the front runners right now. So. We have not heard much on the Millsap front, but I'm sure we will in the coming days. Uh, Let's move now to Blake Griffin, who, uh, as we were, again, waiting last night for free agency to start, I think it was Sham Sharani of the Vertical is the first one to confirm. The Clippers are signing him to a five-year max deal. It's worth about $173 million. Sarah... <laughs> Sarah, we talked about this a little bit on uh, Friday's pod when we were previewing the Western Conference free agency with Kelly Scaletta, but you were not there with us. So I want to get your take on Blake Griffin five year max for the Clippers after they just traded Chris Paul. You think that was a good idea or are you a little hesitant? 
well, a little hesitant. Just, you know, it is a little risky just because of his injury history, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, I feel like you kind of have to. I mean, you lost Chris. <laughs> you want to try to hang on to Blake. Um, for Blake, too, I, I'm excited. You know, I kind of want to see him have, you know, everyone talks about have it be his team, you know, mm-hmm. his franchise. Uh, I think he can do great things if he can stay healthy. There was a small part of me that kind of wanted to just see him get a change of scenery, just get out of L.A. Because, you know, <laughs> he's made some not great decisions there. I know he <laughs> likes to, likes, enjoys the uh, the atmosphere of L.A. But, yes. yeah, I, I would have liked to see him go somewhere quiet <laughs> and just fall, <laughs> you know. Right. But, but, you know, everyone's talked about, you know, ha- him having the ball in his hands more kind of distributing running a little bit of point guard would be fun um so hopefully we get to see that hopefully we get to see the blake who's a terror in the open court just creating all kinds of problems mismatches for people who cannot guard him that's what i want to see there's certainly the potential for that so ultimately i I think it's a good good idea for the clippers you know that's they got to be all in on that now you still have one superstar Still, probably, you know, got DeAndre next to him. They have always worked well together. They've been good friends. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, it's worth. I, I bring him up again, but Jonathan Sharks of the Rigger had a column the other day about point Blake Griffin, basically how whichever mm-hmm. team signed him next should kind of, as you said, let him run the point a little bit more. You know, handle the ball. He didn't have that opportunity necessarily next to Chris Paul, who's one of the best point guards of all time. But now Patrick Beverly, you know, he's used to playing off the ball with having come from James Harden. So, yeah, maybe we do see a little bit more point Blake, which would be fun. And um, I was watching the ESPN, too. They had the jump free agency special last night with uh, Rachel Nichols and Ramona Shelburne and Brian Windhorst and Amin Al-Hassan. And um, Ramona basically framed it as like, yeah, they basically chose they chose between CP3 and Blake and they chose the younger guy. It, you know, it was simple as that. Like, they didn't, according to Ramona Shelburne, they did not offer Chris Paul the five-year max right out the right out the gate. And that's, you know, for a player, she was saying, for a player of his stature, that's an insult. You know, right. he expects that kind of money. Uh, he just yeah. negotiated a CBA where he can get that kind of money going <laughs> into his age 38 season. Like, he did that for a reason. So, you know, the Clippers were understandably hesitant about giving a guy who's going to be, you know, 36, I think, in the final year of that deal, a five-year contract with the final season being $45-plus million. That's, you know, that's a reasonable take. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, now they – so they decided, you know, we're going to go with the younger guy. And, wow. Right, yeah. So, Mark, we were talking about this yesterday. We all kind of settled on, yeah, they need to re-sign him as you know, at, you framed it yesterday as like Denver's Nene. So exactly, basically, and, hence why I watch them Nene because yeah, right. This is Nene <laughs> two point This yeah. th- I I can't imagine they won't do this mm-hmm. because where the hell are they going without Chris Paul? They right. just got a bunch of young assets. They mm-hmm. and who like for example, Montrezl Harrell plays the power forward position as well. I know that he can get be flipped, but. You know, you might as well keep him because eventually they have to start rebuilding. So right. they sign, they re-sign Blake Griffin not to lose an asset, and then they're going to flip him at a later date. Mm-hmm. Completely like Denver did with Nene. I, I just, I don't see any viable option where it's like, yeah, we're going to keep him just because. Yeah. Well, so where do you stand on the Clippers in 2018? You know, we've been talking about the West being an absolute bloodbath right now. I think it's fair to say Golden State, San Antonio, Houston, Minnesota are all definitely ahead of them. You'd probably put OKC ahead of them uh, after the Paul George deal. Um, After that, you know, depending Utah, if Hayward comes back. Right. So then, you know, they are in a tier possibly with, Portland, Denver, Dallas, New Orleans, Memphis, um, Memphis. Oh God! Oh my God! No, right? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that sucks to be a West team. Uh, <laughs> so, do you think you know? Let's say they have a starting lineup of. I mean, JJ Redick is gone effectively. Yeah. 
Um, Woj has been saying that last night. He met with the Sixers. He might get interest with the Nets as well. So their starting lineup probably looks like Pat Bev, one of Austin Rivers, Lou Williams, or Jamal Crawford. Uh, I don't know. Wesley Johnson, I guess, is their small forward. Blake and DeAndre. Uh, they have Sam Decker. They have Harrell. They have Crawford and Rivers. They have That's Sweet so Lou. Yeah. Do you think they're a playoff team? No. <laughs> no. I, I can talk myself into it. Look, it I guess JJ it depends on... Was, was the key. Like He made yeah. everything function because of his long-range shooting. Like Chris Paul actually had an option uh, on the outside there. Now Chris is gone. JJ is gone. What are you going to do? Like Kill teams with five-foot shots and alley-oops? <laughs> not yeah. and, and Austin Rivers? I mean, come on. No, that's... On the bright side, you know Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers can go all Kobe now. That's that's fun. Yep. Like, hey dad, dad, watch, watch, watch this. I'm gonna do like this sick fadeaway. Dad, are you watching? Dad, come on, come on. Um, oh, it's gonna be awful. It's just gonna be awful. And by the way, you just made me think of something, Brian, which is kind of terrifying. Since the West is so deep, we mm-hmm. are going to see a lot. We're going to see seven teams from the West miss the playoffs, even though they're going to be significantly stronger. Ooh. Meaning that's seven teams that's going to go in the lottery. Meaning yeah. they could potentially get even stronger. This is a bad oh, route man. for the NBA. Ooh. You need to do yeah. something now because if you have strong teams who are like 10 games better than the Eastern teams also competing with, with, with them in the lottery, then mm. that's just a poor for- formula because they're going to get better. They're going to get a lot better. It's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, if you add, oh man, yeah, if you add a top ten pick to New Orleans or Dallas or ooh, right, ooh, ooh, ooh. Right. yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, all right, let's move on to the New Orleans Pelicans. Speaking of New Orleans, they Saturday morning agreed to re-sign Drew Holiday to a five-year deal worth at least 126 million, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Now. Um, it includes bonuses that could push its value to 150 million. Also contains a player option for the fifth year. So, Sarah, we, this is another guy we brought up in the uh, Western Conference free agency preview last year. Uh, last year, yesterday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no big difference there, Brian. <laughs> right. No. Um, and we all basically settled on. It's a lot of money, but they almost have to do it. Um, how do you feel about the Drew contract? Well, that's one of those where I was looking to the more savvy folks like you guys on uh, contract talks. Because, yeah, I mean, I it seemed a little steep, but mm. I, under, I could understand that, you know, felt like they needed to do it. I definitely thought he was going to end up somewhere else. We talked about him as an option for, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you thought he'd be good with the Spurs uh, or a number of teams, so... I get it. I get wanting to retain him. You know, <laughs> they're gonna have probably a, a little bit of a pressurized window trying to make this boogie AD thing fit next year. People aren't gonna be very patient uh, with mm-hmm. Coach Gentry. So, yeah, I get one to hang on to your point guard. Drew's a talented player, and you know, it was uh, a rough situation last year with what happened with his wife. So happy that he's back and everything's yeah. okay there and he, he can play out the season. Um, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I understand. Like you guys said, you know, feel like you kind of have to do it. I don't know. I'd love to see if, if he was getting other offers from teams, what they were, mm-hmm. you know, how close it was to what he ended up getting there. But yeah, I understand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be fun to see if the Pelicans were, I want to say bidding against themselves because I'm sure interest in his services would would be pretty high if they thought he was going to be actually be gettable. But right. yeah, I mean, more you predicted five years, 110 million yesterday. You oh were, no, you it was cautiously... much worse. I, I oh, it's five years, 100. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah. So when okay. I saw the initial like 126, I was like, oh okay, 26 million off. That's that's not good. And then right. with potential bonuses, 50 million off. <laughs> uh, okay, so I was yeah. I was pretty wrong about that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, did not see that one coming. Honestly, did not. 
Uh, I thought for sure that because the Pelis did right by him, he would take significantly less. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's... Look, let's not fault him for that. Like, yo, go get your money, dude. Right, uh, yeah. That's that's just fantastic that he can get that kind of dough. And, and Drew, you know, if you're listening, um, this podcast, just one mil, bro. Just, you know, <laughs> production costs and what... It's through the roof, dude. So... Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean... Probably a little bit, a little bit high, but like you said yesterday, Brian, what could they do? Because if he right. walked, they couldn't upgrade externally at all. Mm-hmm. Like you would have to play each one more as the, your full-time point guard, more or less. Yeah, like you had to retain him. He's the clear-cut first, third best player on the Pelicans. So, yeah, they were out of options, and they ponied up. To their credit, they ponied up. What what really hits them is the fact that they spend all that money on a guy like Solomon Hill. Mm-hmm. And, and our also, boy Etwan Moore. Yeah, no, Etwan is good. He's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he, I I think he'll have a better season next, this year than what he did like in his first year with mm-hmm. New Orleans. So he's solid. He's a solid two way guy. But you know, and the Omer Ashik contract as well. It's just there's a lot of dead weight money on that roster that. They should, probably should have changed that if possible, but I think they tried. I just I don't think they're movable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope the Asha contract. Maybe I mean, we've been talking about teams that should accept salary dumps. You know, hey, that, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, but as you as we said yesterday, I mean, I think they had about thirteen up to thirteen million in cap space. So basically, what Patty Mills signed for. So you know, if faced with we either get Drew Holiday or we get a guy like you know a guy who's probably best suited as a backup point guard as our starting point guard. They really didn't have a chance or a choice. Um, but you know, to Drew's credit, I think he was eligible for five years, one hundred and seventy-two million. I think the same contract that Blake was. So you know, yeah, this is a lot of money, but he took. Close to what forty five, forty six million less than he was eligible for. So, yeah, but he ain't no Blake though. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's really the thing. I mean, right. We 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 spoke about this yesterday as well. Like, just because you can't offer a max, like now the league has to be a little bit more conservative. Financially mm-hmm. speaking, they can't just throw around Moscow money, Luol Deng, yeah, right. Joakim Noah right. money, Evan Turner money. I could go on and on. Um, Jan Mahimi money, like those contracts, I don't think we're going to see them this year. Thank, thankfully, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. Taylor Parsons money. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, they're lucky in a sense that Anthony Davis did not make the All NBA team last year because then that saved them about eighteen or twenty million. I want to say somewhere around there. So you know, if you if you think of it in terms of like how much cap space is allocated to Drew plus Anthony Davis. And then you know, just <laughs> shove twenty million of Drew's money over to AD. Then, like five years, a hundred million is completely reasonable for him. So, I I don't hate this deal for the Pelicans, Sarah. As you said, I would love to know what other teams were offering. Um, I think the most they could offer was in the neighborhood of like four years, a hundred, a little less than one hundred and thirty million. So, they could have offered you know they could have offered the same amount of money on one fewer year. Um, but New I, I don't know who David West is, uh, staying in golden state for a year and it will be his mm. last. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah that's not a surprise. God, I'm, I'm so bummed. Like I stayed up last night till 2am. <laughs> like I was really expecting some stupid deals to happen right away. Cause last year, you know, within the first hour we had Joe Kim Noah, Four years, seventy-two million to the Knicks. Yeah. We had Timofey Mozgov. Four years, sixty-four million to the Lakers. I like kudos to GMs for uh, having a little bit more fiscal restraint this year because maybe they saw, oh, that Mozgov deal was so bad they had this salary dump D'Angelo Russell just to get off of it. Kudos for not being idiots is basically what you're saying. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, okay, you guys, you know, not you specifically, but you know, you elected Trump, so. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's that is true. We we got what we deserved, I guess. Um, okay, so let's now. I mean, 
it's a weird transition because I just said there weren't really any egregiously bad deals, but let's talk about the best and worst deals from the first 12 hours of free agency. So, Mort, what was your favorite deal so far? Oh, there are probably two. Um, Patty, first of all. Like, mm-hmm. I love that deal. Four years, mm-hmm. $50 million. I mean, that's just right up you know, the Spurs alley. Get a guy who is... Very, very good at a cheap, cheaper than market price. Um, sticking around because of loyalty, he's going to be great there as he has been so far. And surprisingly, um, Cristiano Felicio's contract with the Bulls mm. is, is one yeah. that's pretty decent 32 million over four years. I know a lot of guys uh, were, you know, on Twitter like, Who is Cristiano Felicio? <laughs> right. The first comment I had to that was, You know what, you don't watch the NBA, just move on. Second of all, He's a surprisingly athletic center. Like he looks chubby, and he actually he is, but he's that doesn't stop him from catching oops and finishing above people. Um, he's got very fluid a very fluid jump shot that could possibly extend to outside the three point line. Um, mm-hmm. Still is pretty inconsistent defensively, but when he has those games where he puts it together, he's actually a game changer. So there's a lot to like about him, and getting that you know. Getting that for $32 million in this market is completely fine, honestly. Yeah, I completely agree. We, we talked about him, I want to say, in the Eastern Conference free agency preview. And, yeah, you know, he's been under the radar for... He kind of busted out a little bit this past year, but mm-hmm. you know, it was really, really promising in limited minutes as a rookie. Uh, yeah, I mean, $8 million a year, you know, for... A guy who profiles at least immediately as a backup big sounds like a lot, but you know, depending on what happens with Robin Lopez in the coming years, like he could take over as the starting center someday. So I think they should do that already because the Bulls are so bad, they might as well get worse. I, uh, you know, just <laughs> well, if they're going to compete for the first pick next year, which has to be in their plans, look at that roster. You know, you you move Lopez and take on a shitty contract. Mm-hmm. An attached pick. Oh, wait a second, an attached pick. That means they have to give one back because it's the Bulls. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sarah, did you have any favorite deals from the first twelve hours? I quite like uh, the Bucks locking in Tony Snell. Yeah. Um, like, four years, forty-six million, forty-four guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Uh, player option. I mean, you got a great long guy for your defense he, he really stepped up last year once he got there um three point percentage rising so i think he's just kind of even more confidence and he's gonna be part of that i always call them like the team that constructed their roster as if it were a literal arms race <laughs> mm-hmm. so he's added to that that leg that's just terrifying to try to score on so i think it was great that they were able to hang on to him for that price too it's a good price yeah. for both for both him and the team. Yeah. Uh, so I was talking with the guys who run NBA assets with me last night, and they're like, you hope Tony Snell sets the market for a Robert Covington extension? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, please, God. If, you know, because Deeks, in his giant off-season manifesto that everyone should go read, check out jamsports.com for that, uh, mentioned four years, $38 million as a fair price point for Covington. And I was like, dude, no way. There's no way he's getting like, you know, Evan Turner just got four years, seventy million. There's if I'm Robert Covington's agent, I'm printing out Evan Turner's contract, Kent Bazemore's contract, and saying we're not signing for a penny less. But you know, maybe that was my hope that teams would be a little bit more fiscally prudent this year. So you know, a guy like Tony Snell getting, as you said, forty-four million uh, guaranteed, forty-six on top. Um, yeah, hopefully that that kind of restores the price for those three and D wings, where you know they're not getting close to twenty million dollars a year. Um, so yeah, for that reason, I like the Snell deal a lot. More as you said, the Patty Mills deal is great, uh, especially given their uncertainty with uh, point guard position. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say the Nene deal, so. This is a weird situation, right? So it, initially, it was reported as four years, fifteen million. Um, some cap experts on Twitter last night were like, wait a second, that violates the over 38 rule. Yeah. And turns out it did. Uh, Bobby Marks of ESPN confirmed that it did today. 
So now I'm seeing a report, I think it's from Mark Spears a few minutes ago, who says Nene is pissed that he lost that extra four million and he's back to square one in free agency. So I don't know if the Rockets it sounds like he actually might not be in agreement with the three year it would be about three years, a little less than eleven million. Yep. And if the Rockets do get him to that deal, uh Stellar, that's a great value for him. He's gonna provide some much needed depth off the bench. He was great in that role last year. Um, but I, I can't, <laughs> I guess I can't use that deal as a favorite. Uh, so I'm going to cheat and say the Paul George deal for OKC. I, you know, I don't think even if Paul George leaves next year, like, yes, there is a risk that Paul George leaves. Um, a, in theory, just making a big baller move like this incentivizes Russ Westbrook to sign that super massive super max extension um and if he does that then maybe paul george has more incentives to stay b even if both russ and paul george walk in 2018 you got off of that victor oladipo contract that's insane like they effectively flipped serge Ibaka for paul george right because they traded Ibaka for those two guys in ursan Ilyasova last year and then they just sh- shipped those same two guys with Oladipo on a on his big contract now, yeah, or Paul George. So like when you frame it that way, who would not trade Serge Ibaka for Paul George, right? Like especially Ibaka was going into a contract year. Paul George is now in a contract year. So uh, kudos to Sam Presti. We were talking in the the off season preview yesterday. We were kind of saying like, you know, OKC is almost in luxury tax hell. There's no clear way out. Like. How does this team get better? We well, just got our answer last night. I'm I'm starting to get worried here, by the way, because I'm just I just realized something. Both Paul George and Russell Westbrook are LA boys. Mm-hmm. So you get an LA boy who is considering going to Los Angeles next to Russell, who is a former UCLAer, was born in Long Beach, I think. Like those two could easily plot all season long. <laughs> to go to the Lakers. Let's go home. Yeah, yeah, let's go home. Like that, it just takes one little spark, like one text message after a bad loss. Like, right. yo, bro, let's go home. Yep. Yeah. Let's go home. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, there is a big risk there. I mean, you know, there there is a, a sizable chance, I would say, that Paul George leaves. Um, not as worried about that with Westbrook, but hey, it's possible. Uh I'm I'm in on that if only to see Lavar Ball's reaction because <laughs> oh yeah Lon- Lonzo right yeah. like Lonzo's they would definitely sign and trade for one of those guys and Lonzo would be coming back for the to in that o- deal to, a, to an empty OKC <laughs> run. this is so evil because I don't mind Lonzo but I just want Lavar to suffer so much right. yeah I, I know yeah the reports came out last night I, I, apologies because I don't remember who reported it. Um, that they were looking into, I think it was Chris Haynes, actually, of ESPN, that they're looking into Rajon Rondo, the Lakers are. <laughs> and I am all in on LeVar Ball and Rajon Rondo together for one year. Like, I'm, I actually like that fit conceptually, because, like, Rondo, get him on a one-year deal, have him there as, like, a veteran mentor for, uh, for Lonzo. You know, it, on paper, that's actually a good fit, but then the LeVar Ball... Add that to the mix, and now it's. I just feel like there are fireworks <laughs> guaranteed to go off. It'll be like the Fourth of July all year. Um, all right, so we, you know, again, no egregious Mozgov, Noah, uh, Evan Turner, Kent Bazemore deal signed last night. But more, do you have any any deals that stuck out that give you pause? No, not really. The NBA has done pretty well. Um, I, I mean, look to to those who don't know our listeners. Before every episode, Brian does this fantastic work of just putting an email together with all the segments. Like he's he's our point guard, and <laughs> he rarely makes mistakes. But today he did. So I woke up to an email that said that Nene oh, had yeah. been signed to fifty million uh, over four years. Yeah, and I would I was about to lose my you know what because that would have <laughs> been a horrible deal, but. <laughs> Yeah, right. that's really it. I mean, I that, no, I'm not seeing any bad deals out there. 
what I, what I'm seeing, which is negative, is that the Spurs and George Hill kind of broke off talks, which is like mm. that's that was not what I was hoping for. I had him pegged as coming back to the Spurs, especially after the Ricky Rubio trade last night. Mm-hmm. So that's if if that counts, I'm gonna choose that. You know, I know it's cheating, <laughs> but you cheated earlier, so I'm allowed to because I'm fine. That counts. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that totally counts. Yeah. Um... I'm likewise bummed that it sounds like George Hill and the Spurs are not getting back together. Uh, Sarah, any deals stick out uh, at our, again, not as egregiously bad as Moscow or Noah, but any ones that you are not fond of? Not really. I mean, no. I mean, like you said, there's nothing egregious, thankfully. I know you like to watch the, the carnage, but... I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad there's not been anything too bad this year. I uh, I guess we can get into this more when we talk uh, previews later on, season previews, but I'm interested in this uh, Paul George-Russell Westbrook thing. I, I want to see kind of, you know, after a year of, of being the lone wolf, is Russ going to kind of match a little better with, with the guy who's kind of up there with him in talent? Or is he not going to be as interested? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Paul George, he, he was discontented most of last year. Is he is he going to be happier this year? You know, he said a lot of things after games. Like, certainly he's not going to pull the, the shit this year, right, with Russ of oh. – uh, Russ knows I have to get that last shot. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's interesting, but I'm excited. I think it's a great move, you know, that I was, it's similar to the Spurs with Kawhi entering his prime, and you don't you don't want to waste it. You know, you got this MVP guy in Russell, and they went and made a move to, you know, try to get somebody next to him to help him out, you know, after the one year without KD. I, I did get to listen to some of the low posts yesterday, and they were talking about how, little flexibility they had and mm-hmm. i actually did think i wonder if they're gonna try to move oladipo but of course you never thought they were gonna move him for paul george so right. that's that's exciting yeah it's it's unreal as as a russell westbrook uh fantasy basketball owner in a dynasty league i'm kind of sad that it happened mm-hmm. because <laughs> i liked russ's triple double onslaught it was it was fun having that for a year, and it was. But I guess it was also I went up against him in uh, fantasy finals for fan mag actually, uh, and that was awful because, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the team I was playing against, like on paper, I was much better. But then Russell Westbrook was putting up like fifty five point triple doubles because that was at the end of the season when he was you know trying to clinch that MVP. So uh, yeah, I'm bummed we're not going to see a triple double every night, Russ, but. I'm happy for him that he has a, a fellow superstar back in the fold. Um, but yeah, like you guys, I you know, I I would I guess I would have liked to see, you know, if the Pelicans could have gotten Drew for a few million less, that would have been great. But like, I'm not that that contract doesn't bother me that much, especially again if you frame it like, you know, Anthony Davis didn't get the supermax last year, pushed twenty million over to pretend he did, and. You know, twenty million a year for Drew Holiday is completely reasonable. Um, I thought I was going to hate the Jeff Teague signing more than I did, but again, three years, player option in the third year, like that's it, not as painful as it should be. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's really kudos to GMs. Like you learned your lesson after the huge spending spree last year, because we were talking about this yesterday, Mort, how the cap is not going to go up percentage-wise, as quickly as annual raises, right? So it's not there's not going to be an 8% jump in the cap next year. It's, it's supposed to, they're projecting it at $102 million. So it's 99.1 right now. So, you know, the contracts signed this summer are going to increase more quickly than the cap will. So, uh, again, good work to NBA GMs. I'm disappointed in all of you. I really... <laughs> I do like watching the world burn as long as it's not on the Sixers. Oh, there's plenty of cap space left, Brian. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. The it Kings are still. One. Yeah. <laughs> the Kings are still out there. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with. We'll come back in a couple of days, catch up with all the big signings. Um, I. Uh, Should I we mean, talk about it, the released guys? Gerald Henderson, Rondo, Cannon. 
Oh, yeah, we could pour one out quickly for the yeah. John Rondo era. <laughs> so they all got waived. That's it. Mm -hmm. To save money, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think Gerald Henderson, he was at a $9 million deal and only $1 million guaranteed. So that was yep. in the cards. I was kind of surprised to see the Bulls follow through with Rondo, honestly. Yeah. Because they were talking a big game about maybe keeping him around and... Bulls fans had also dealt him the tank commander, so he would have made sense <laughs> to bring back. Um, yeah. But no, I mean they they are going all in on Chris Dunn. He was he, he you know Rondo had fourteen million on his deal, three million guaranteed. They tried shopping him, couldn't find anything, obviously, um, mm -hmm. because it's Rashawn Rondo. So I'm kind of curious to see if Rondo even gets another NBA gig. I think he does. You mentioned LA previously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's it's kind of, I, I was I was thinking about this last night. Look at where his career is at right now. He was an All Star, an NBA champion, like a franchise caliber point guard for the Celtics in that you know legends mold. Like the guy who was who everyone was gonna you know buy a beer after he retired. Right now he's mm -hmm. looking for what his his fourth team in four years afterwards. Yeah. Like he is, he's become a journeyman. It's so weird, like to see some of those guys. Dwight too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Weird times. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Rondo is almost guaranteed to sign, you know, kind of a similar deal to what he had for the Bulls. Like either just a flat out one year deal or a two year deal with a team option, where the second year has very little guaranteed. Uh, I would be very surprised if he gets two full years guaranteed. But yeah, as for Henderson, I think the Sixers liked him a lot. I don't think the price was the problem. Uh, I just think roster spots are at a premium. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz is now coming over. Yeah. So I think they basically waived him to create some flexibility on their roster. Uh, if they don't get a J.J. Redick, um, they can't like you know sign KCP and get him on offer sheet, Otto Porter, same kind of thing. Um, at that point, maybe they try to get Henderson back. But I honestly think they're going to save at least $20 million to do a renegotiation with Robert Covington. At least I hope so. I mean, Zach Lowe reported they were hoping to save some cap space for that. And, you know, the, the cool thing about that is so they could sign him to an extension this year or renegotiate his contract and sign him to an extension. He's making $1.5 million this year, so or $1.6, I think. So there is significant incentive for him to renegotiate and make $20 million. Um, yeah. But the cool thing is uh, you can decrease a contract. So if you renegotiate and extend, you can pay him $20 million this year, and then you can decrease that by 40% next year. Mm. So if they save a bunch of cap space, uh, you know they can use cap space they weren't otherwise going to use, give him a huge salary in 2017-18, which will incentivize him to sign and bypass free agency, and then drop it down to, say, $12 million. Uh, you know, flat rate twelve million for the next three years. So it's still a four-year, fifty-six million dollar deal. Just I'm pulling these numbers out of thin air. This is not reported anything. Uh, just as a no, hypothetical. A yeah. No, but it's a right. Good, yeah. But yeah. So I, you know, that's why the Sixers reportedly only going after one-year deals. It sounds like they really want to make their big free agent push next year, which makes sense given all the, you know, the the talent on the the top tier talent on the free agent market next year um so yeah i i'm knock on wood i am hoping i am expecting that they do something along those lines where they give covington you know they're going to save 20 million for him give him a huge salary this year drop it down 40 percent uh for the next three years so in essence it's still the same big contract he would sign in free agency he gets that money a year earlier uh gets a test of free agent market a year earlier as well so We'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> Woj reported last night that the Sixers were in talks. I think they actually met with J.J. Redick. Uh, they reportedly really only want to do a one-year deal worth north of $20 million. But um, if Redick finds a three- or four-year deal, he's probably going there. Yeah. So we will see. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some madness over the next couple of days. And in our next episode, we can start making fun of GMs again. But... Until next time, uh, just a reminder again that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. 
uh, in our bio. You can find all of our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We'd love any feedback. And check us out this year on FanRag Sports, at FanRag Sports on Twitter, uh, for their NBA content, at FanRag NBA. Again, a lot of good free agency content coming out already. Um, Summer League starts today, so we'll have plenty of that as well. I'm going to be doing fantasy basketball stuff throughout the summer. I've already gotten some columns out about the Paul George trade and Ricky Rubio trade. So for the fantasy fans out there, check that out as well. Uh, until next time, I'm Brian Tepork, and I was joined by the full dream team again, yeah. Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. Have a good one, too, you too. You too, Brian. Take care. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send him my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.